There was an idea. Stark knows this. Called the Avengers Initiative. The idea was to bring together a group of remarkable people. See if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. Welcome back to A Stark Contrast, where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey. And I. Hello, hello. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. We are back. It feels like forever. It does. Why is that, you think? (laughs) Two weeks always feels feels a long time, but not. Well, because in the last two weeks. (laughs) Because I remember when we launched the episode. Yeah. I was... Like trying to do it on site at Bonnaroo. Yeah. Trying to like make sure the Miles Morales episode was good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Like two weeks ago, I was in Tennessee for a festival. And I was in North Carolina. Yeah, for work. Yeah. And so... We're both like, oh my gosh, how do we do? Yeah, I was doing it via my phone. Oh, were you? Yeah, because I was in the center. (laughs) I was literally like copying via, like trying to send you the file via. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's funny because like as the days are going by, it feels quick, right? Like on the regular, but when we record, when we sit down to record, yeah. It feels like, gosh, I haven't seen you in two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just kind of like, aw. That's kind of cute. Because <laughs> like, we both have so, so such, we both have such busy lives. No, for real. Though, and it's right? like, oh, like yeah, two yeah. Weeks, like two weeks ago, I was you know at, at Bonnaroo. Yeah, Bonnaroo. And then I was yeah. out of town, in San Diego. Yeah. Last weekend, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I gotta, gotta record the pod this week. And I was yeah. Like, what days in my? I was like, oh, okay. This season always is like because of festivals, because of conventions, it's like nonstop yeah, one yeah. way or another. And the fact that we can just find like two hours. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, post work i know right oh <laughs> my gosh this. i love it it's great no uh, yeah yeah so so speaking of miles morales yeah that that episode is streaming and that was again like you know we've done a few of these on the road so to speak right like <laughs> like, like i know <laughs> i know for sure like winter soldier happened while i was away and like moon Knight might have been while we were both away like it was it's interesting to look back on Oh, I mean, we have to do, I think, double because I, was <laughs> yeah. in, I, I flew to the Philippines. The, yeah, that was the Green Goblin one, right? Yeah. And Gwen Stacy, which is yeah. kind of wild, too. Yeah, yeah, like heavy hitters are hard, but here we are <laughs> covering stuff, getting ready for next month and Comic-Con. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so it's going to it's gonna get heavy. But, you know, like speaking of, we, we might not have as much to discuss when it comes that's to true. the mini Marvel because the studios are not so attending. Because last year we had a... A strictly like Comic Con, an entire episode, an entire episode. mini Marvel, yeah. dedicated to it. So, so I don't know. Maybe I, I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure because Marvel, will, all the studios will still be present. It's just that they're not presenting. Yeah. Um, whether or not that'll change in the next three weeks, I mean. I mean, I passed by my pass due to my office, and the writers' strike is still it's happening. Still very so. much happening. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's unfortunate, but you know, all all for a good reason. So. Um, 
I guess with that, we can start with our top chat um, and our news. Uh, so yeah, it was announced this week that our king, Chadwick Boseman, will be receiving a posthumous star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Is that how you pronounce posthumous? Yeah, yeah. Posthumous? Yeah. Oh. What did you think? I'm always thinking posthumous. <laughs> I mean, sure, in some universe, I'm sure you can say that. I, I mean, That's I've always heard pr- posthumous, yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like that interview with Shia LaBeouf. And what did he mispronounce? He pronounced something really strange. And okay. everyone was like, what? It could oh be, I mean, yeah, posthumous. Posth- that's how it's, wow. Posthumous, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so he'll be receiving it as part of the class of 2024 lineup, which is pretty awesome. Um, I don't know. I thought that I saw some other names pop up, but I can't recall at the moment. Oh, there but was another was one a big that I one. saw, but I forget. Oh, it, uh, it's a... Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! From Shang Chi and uh, oh my god, yes, Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh is getting one. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh as well. So that's pretty awesome. Um, congrats to them. I'm sure I'll probably find those stars when they're officially out. I wonder what they're going to do for Chadwick's. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, and so tomorrow, as of this recording, well, actually, it'll be active as as of the this episode drops. But Rogers the musical. <laughs> will officially be on stage at Disney California Adventure. So for a limited time, it does not have an end date. You can go see the same, quote-unquote, same musical that was featured in the Hawkeye series of Rogers on Broadway. Um, 30 minutes of just... 30 minutes of just spectacle. (laughs) Well, I wonder where they go, because obviously obviously in the show, it was just showcasing the... The New York battle. Right. So, so I'm curious. And that was for one song, that was right? One song. Like, can you imagine what they're going to do for 30 solid minutes? Like, I, I haven't watched any of the promos because that's what I do, right? I just don't want, I want to, I want to absorb it myself. So I haven't looked at anything. But from what I've seen, like very quickly in passing, oh, really? it looks exactly like the one in Hawkeye. So I don't know if there's going to be a story integrated or it's just going to be an. Like five songs, that thirty minutes. The of, entire I can do this song. <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> the entire Avengers run. Like they do one for every song. Can you imagine? <laughs> then they do an Ultron one, and then you know that like Civil War. Like hilarious, dude. I'm down. I can't wait. Let me so, know. so yeah. So uh, I, I, I will have seen it by the time that ev- this episode drops, but. Stay tuned on Instagram and such because I'm sure I'm going to cover each and every part of that. There's a special like ticket. It's free if you go into the park, yeah. but there's a special ticket that you can upgrade oh. <laughs> and get like a popcorn tub with red, white, and blue popcorn oh and a lanyard and special seating. I'm going to uh, do it. They're, they're going the whole Yeah, extra they're doing mile. it. They're going to milk me for it. everything. Yeah, it's great. Can't wait. <laughs> and then uh, beyond that, Secret Invasion is officially streaming on Disney Plus. So, as of this recording, we are two episodes deep into the six episode series, which is crazy. Jeff just told me that before we started recording. So, we're about halfway through, which is pretty close. Wild, because this is where, you know, like you called it, this is the part where things start to go haywire yeah like really crazy like we've already seen some crazy stuff that we will be discussing later in this episode but oh yeah like the first episode like- real quick the first episode <laughs> I, after i watched it i texted that i was just like yo 
That was it. That's yeah. all I said. That's funny because like you watched it at midnight or something. I right? watched it like late. Yeah, I didn't realize. I was like, I was like, oh, it's midnight. I woke and up. I, was like, I, gotta, I can't go to sleep without watching it. I woke up to that yo <laughs> on my. I texted like at three in the morning. By the way, like, <laughs> it was so funny, and I was like, all right, but it was great because it was my reminder. I was like, oh, I gotta watch it first before I look at my phone, uh, which I did. But yeah, hard same. Um, yeah, well, we'll definitely get into that shortly. Oh, yeah. So, uh, with that said. We're not experts. We don't claim to be. We're just a couple of nerds nerding out. And full disclosure, this episode will contain all and every single detailed spoiler from Secret Invasion. So proceed with caution. And of course, irrelevant as he is, this episode is all about Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so yeah, let's get down to it. Created by Smilin' Stanley and Jack King Kirby. Uh, Nick's first appearance was Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. Wow. Yeah. Number one, cover dated May 1963. Whoa. And so it's described as a, quote unquote, World War II combat series uh, featuring inking by Dick Ayers and lettering by Art Simek. And so... Do you want to guess the cover price? I also want you to read this cover dialogue because it's so funny. You can just hear the wartimey like tune to uh-huh. it. Like, you know, it has like a certain cadence that's very like <laughs> you can just hear the 1920s, 30s in it. But the, do you want to give the dialogue? Yeah, but do you want to give a, a shot at the cover price first? 1963? Yeah. So think X-Men. Okay. X-Men is the same year. I want to go a young 10. You're so close. So close. Every time. It is a solid 12. Oh my gosh. I thought they only went in increments of five. No, it was like five, 12, 25, 50, 75, 125, or 99, 125 and up. There's not even a 12 cent coin. I know. You'd have to have a dime and two, like, a penny. What the heck? Pennies. Well, 1963. Yeah. (laughs) That's a popcorn in a water cup or something. (laughs) That's a, that's a house in the 1960s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, also that. Jeez, Louisa. <laughs> um, that's rent, right? Like, it's a, holy. It's a, it's a full college education. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a dozen eggs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you want, you can just read this main bubble if you want. Which this is, one? yeah. The white one? Yeah. Or, the, or, the, or this one. Oh, which one's better? Either, uh, whatever is fine. Think you've read more stories before? <laughs> Mr. Wait till you see what's in store for you here. It's only the greatest. That's my best 1950s New York. You sound like (laughs) Spider-Ham. Yeah, that's, it's so funny because like, yeah, every single page, like even at the bottom, seven against the Nazis, another big one from the talented team that brings you the famous Fantastic Four. like J. Jonah Jameson. I know. I think that's my only male voice. <laughs> it's like Jared Jameson. Uh, yeah, it's it's so funny. And so, of course, on the cover are seven men adorned in army gear, and that with the the, the character with the bubble is indeed Sergeant Fury. Oh wow! The original Sar- Sergeant Fury. And so we're gonna get into that whole thing uh, shortly. But uh, for this particular comic book. Oh boy, on the short boxed CGC. So this was kind of, admittedly, this was quite shocking to me because for a number one book featuring a character of this caliber from 1963, I expected it to be worth a lot more than it uh, is. Because, you know, like 
we were talking before about Miles Morales even, you know, like yeah. he's in the, he's almost in 10,000 like naturally. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, good old Nick here, <laughs> CGC 8.0 for this issue goes for about 3,500 on shirt box while a 7.0 goes for 6,500 on eBay. So clearly there's some yeah. miscommunication there for the eBay folks. They think they're, uh, they're going to get that money. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas uh, for the lowest versions, I found a CGC zero point five on short box was going for five hundred and twenty five dollars. Um, whereas on eBay, one point five was going for six fifty. So more or less, you could probably get this book at high for about three grand. At low, six hundred, which is like interesting. Like for Nick Fury of all characters. I mean, if you paid fifteen, paid twelve cents for it. Yeah, yeah. It's a steal. It's a steal. Um, and then, of course, you know, a loose copy. I'd say it goes for about four hundred, give or take. Um, so, yeah. What was your first exposure to this character? Two thousand and eight. Oh, really? The With Iron Man. Scene, yeah. Wow! No way. Yeah. Holy smokes! Um, yeah, for me, <laughs> it's actually something we're gonna talk about later in the show. Um, but it it was a film. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. As well as, of course, the trading cards, which which I do have one here. But instead of reading the trading cards, so at least I, I wanted to show you this first. Is that um, definitely not the Nick Fury you might be familiar with? Jeez. So he's a ca- ca- Caucasian male with yes. a uh, an eye patch and salt and pepper hair, kind of looking like. Uh, I mean, yeah. Super spy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so instead of reading the back of the card, I got this cute little mini oh book. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's the cutest <laughs> thing. And it's got easily like 300 pages or so. And it's just a bunch of hero profiles. And so I picked this up at the Marvel exhibition at the Discovery Science Center in oh, Charlotte. Shoot. Okay. So they have a temporary exhibition on view now. I made a reel of the original yes. issues they have there. They only had three or four, so that was kind of interesting. But the fact that they had a Marvel Comics one on display was like, whoa. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but but <laughs> funny enough, when I first got the book and I opened the book just to whatever natural page it was, it opened to Nick Fury. Of course. And I was like, whoa, that's kismet. So anyway, <laughs> it has the full profile as it would on the card. And so it shows the same Nick Fury with the, pa- the patch and everything. Um, and it says, uh, for his description, as leader of the elite Howling Commandos, Nick Fury's World War II exploits helped to route the access. So, route? Route? Route the access. Since then, the infinity formula in Fury's veins has fueled his vim and vigor in the decades since as first an agent and later leader of the world-protecting S.H.I.E.L.D. He is currently in exile as the unseen on the moon. Whoa. So that's a lot to unpack. That last part, it's like, wait... It's kind of like what happened to him, in, like recently. Kind of right, yeah, a little bit. He's up in space, and so we talked a little bit about that in our Winter Soldier episode. Yeah, because of the Watcher stuff, and also in our What If episode. So we're we're not going to get too deep into that. It's really dense, like storytelling, but. All these characters are dense. <laughs> it's so true. Swear. It's probably why we haven't we haven't covered him until now. <laughs> but um, so yeah, that said, let's dive into Colonel Nicholas Joseph Nick 
Fury, senior. 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 So, introduced as a man's man. Of course. Fury came equipped with his Howling Commandos, and it's the same team as our our dear old Caps crew. So it's the same team. Okay. So this is the same Howling Commandos. It's not like a replica. It's the original team that they all like kind of rolled with. And so it all takes place during World War II. And so um, the the Howling Commandos themselves were known as, quote unquote, a specially trained band of soldiers who undertook some of the most dangerous missions of the war. Um, and the team actually included uh, six individuals aside Fury, um, Robert Rebel Ralston. <laughs> you see, the the people at Marvel really love alliteration. I was just gonna. Oh my <laughs> god! Just, yeah, they do. Yeah, Jonathan <laughs> Junior Juniper, Gabriel Jones, Izzy Cohen, Dino Manelli. I want to say Dino, but it's Dino. Okay. And then, last but not least, Corporal Dum Dum Duggan. Oh yeah. And that's a name that uh, we're very familiar with all around. <laughs> that's um, so funny. And right off the top, we had a listener question from Instagram. Ariel Tima. Uh, I need to know, in the comics, is the real reason for the eye patch the same as in Captain Marvel? That's a hot take. Which is very interesting because people, yeah. I mean, Jeff, you've seen this like time and again. Like everyone's like, I don't know why people what? always... I don't know why people have to take it so serious. Like, if it's a joke, yeah, it's a joke. They got <laughs> so angry that it was because of a flurkin in Captain Marvel. And so, in actuality, um, in the comics, it wasn't until issue 27 of the original title. Um, it, it also even featured on the, the cover itself, it says, like, the origin of Fury's eye patch. Um, and so it's a flashback issue. And so, mm. uh, Fury and the, the Helen Commandos are you know, doing what they do in every freaking issue, which is combating against the Nazis. And actually Hitler is actually in this one too. It's kind of, it's kind of weird and funny. Um, but it's, it's exactly as heroic as, as people intended it to be in the MCU. Right. Like they were just like, Oh man, what if it was like Wolverine and like they were in the trenches of world war two and all that stuff. But it didn't happen in the MCU that way, but in the comics, it's not too far from the truth. Like, you know, they're in combat and the Nazis throw a grenade and, and much like Captain America in the first film where he yeah. jumped on it, like Fury uh, grabbed it, threw it and, and the shrapnel got him. Yeah. So it's, it's not as anecdotal, but that's how it happened. And he, he it is a war. Uh, what would you call it? A, a war injury. So, yeah, he lost his eye in the process, um, at least his sight. Uh, and so uh, throughout his comic book lifetime, Fury, um, he's been part of multiple intelligence agencies, including, but not limited to, S.H.I.E.L.D., the CIA, the OSS, the U.S. Army, and the MI5. And uh, he might have been uh, responsible for recruiting a man into the CIA by the name of Richard Parker. So he knew Peter Parker's father. Oh. Yeah. So Peter Parker's father in the comic books and kind of like briefly mentioned in Amazing Spider-Man. You didn't watch that one, I don't think. Oh, was it Amazing Spider-Man 1? Okay. Amazing Spider-Man 1, they kind of went into that deep dive of like his father being an agent. So in the comics, yeah, uh, Nick Fury is actually responsible for for pulling him into the, the system. Um, as he did with many others that we might talk about today. And so uh, beyond all this, the character has a complex backstory, of course, 
that unfolded um, near the tail end of his modern day history, where like in the book mentions, he was known as the Unseen, and then uh, the man on the wall. And so, yeah, we, we talked about it a bit in the Bucky Barnes and What If episodes. Definitely go back and listen to that if you want to hear more about that whole debacle. But that's more or less what happened to uh, Nick Fury Sr. Um, so, he, but, but besides that, I mean, he's everything that we would imagine him to be, right? Super yeah. spy, super cool, like secret ops and yeah, like yeah. has knows all those, everything yeah, yeah constantly and he's he's very much like how even sam jackson depicts his version three on steps screen. ahead exactly that's right that's basically the summary <laughs> so always so that's <laughs> i wish everybody could see you like right now the way that you're saying it <laughs> like <Always. laughs> he's like nodding his head very coolly um yeah and also for for more on shield we actually covered quite a bit um in our peggy carter episode so go back to episode 22 for that one but yeah colonel nicholas joseph nick fury in the mcu portrayed by samuel l jackson first seen as in jeffrey's first exposure 2008's iron man and last seen in secret invasion uh which officially marks 15 years of his tenure in that character role. Ooh. 15 years. Is there like a... This has to be recorded somewhere. Is there a record for longest running tenure of a, someone in a character? I just thought about it. I don't that. know. It's probably, it's probably I'm Harrison sure. Ford. Maybe. As who is which one? Han Indiana. Solo or Indiana? Yeah, Indy. For sure. Indy started in... 80? I don't know. <laughs> Are you going to look it up now? <laughs> But that's a long one. That's what I'm saying. For sure. Yeah. He might have a, t- he might have like a. You see Guinness, that one, that one sidetrack. Did huh. you see that one interview with, uh, I think it was Jimmy Fallon and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, where there's like the, like, did you know that you're like, you're number two on the highest grossing actor? Oh. And he was like, what? Who's <laughs> number one? And he was like, Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. <laughs> and then he's like, Damn it. <laughs> he got three franchises. Oh, like, my God. That's fu- Well, that's funny, huh? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I think that, you know, with, with Samuel L. Jackson playing Fury, it's like, and then obviously Indiana, and then Harrison's coming back as Indy soon. Yeah, exactly. So it's like. I think the end of this month, these right? These guys are just, they don't, they don't stop. Yeah. They it's, do not. It's wild. Stop. They know how to play the game, man. Um. <laughs> 17 Sam, years is a long time to be playing a role. 100%. And it's not like he even got... It's not even that he has his own movie. Yeah. I mean, this is never, the first time where he's the... That's the wildest. Yeah, Secret Invasion is the first one where he's the staple yeah. hero. And he's the executive producer. I saw that. <laughs> I was like, I ooh, that. they're all getting like... like Go ahead. Yeah, make right? double the money. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Holy smokes. So um, we're clearly not going to go into full length uh, as far as Fury's background goes, especially in the MCU. But um, yeah, let's tackle some of the essentials. So um, this is interesting. So I started to put things together, right? It was the Charlie Day meme all over again. So with Secret Invasion, we've now discovered that Fury was 40 years old when he, quote-unquote, celebrated his midlife crisis by forming <laughs> the Avengers. Yeah. So think back to 2012. Like, I guess, like, formed versus, like, conceptualized, you know? Because conceptualized would be 95, where Captain Marvel happened. Yes. So he's 40 years as of 2012. 
And so from there, I started to go back thinking about about how Desmari was like, I need a timeline <laughs> of like stuff. And I was like, okay. So I thought about it and I was like, okay, his connection to the Avengers stemmed even further than the 2000s. So if you start with Captain Marvel in 1995, that suggests Fury was around 30 years old. Okay. Yeah, that makes 20, sense. Yeah, you know, um, 33-ish. And then... Um, but he go you go even further back because he even clarified in Secret Invasion he joined Shield in 1989. Mm. So he met Carol in 1995. Then he began recruiting Skrull in 1997. Yes. Formed the Avengers and then it jumped. So we don't know what he's doing all this time until he forms the Avengers in 2012, quote unquote. Encounters the blip in 2018, returns from the blip in 2023. And Secret Invasion supposedly takes place in November of 2026. Huh. <laughs> so he's pushing maybe 60. Yeah. He's up there. In, in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, how old is he in real life? Do you know how he's old? He's 70. Oh, so he's playing. He's I still think, playing younger. I think. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jackson. Age. Yeah, he's 74 years old, man. Oh, my gosh. Still looking good. He's still doing good. I mean, yeah. Yeah, right? I can't imagine my mother doing, like, what he does. Like, holy smokes. That's the same age. That's wild, right? So imagine your dad. Playing Samuel? (laughs) Playing Nick (laughs) Fury? Fury. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Nick Fury. Um, Yeah, no, that's, that's like, wild, right? So, yeah, he's skewing a little younger in real, um, on screen, um, but yeah, so pre-Blip, Fury's mission was to protect Earth by collaborating with the superpowered, um, Earthly and beyond. And then post-Blip, so it appears like he's he's just entrusting these subdivisions to take care of the job he used to do with sword and saber yeah. doing their thing across the globe while he's like, you know, up in space, but not in space and back in Earth and doing all this stuff. And so... Yeah. <laughs> Did you want to? Did you want to give a stab at what the acronyms "sword" and "saber" mean? Do you remember? Sword. I just know D stands for division. <laughs> yeah, that's the easy way of doing and it. Strategic. Right? That's yeah. is. <laughs> strategic. Yeah, which is also something that was like more more uh, recently formulated too. Because we don't know much about saber, at all. Mm-mm. Sword. Only from WandaVision, in my opinion. Yeah. That's about it. So, because uh, this isn't a pop quiz, thankfully. But, so just as a refresher, S.H.I.E.L.D. originally meant Supreme Headquarters International Espionage Law Enforcement Division. Uh-huh. And now, at least per the MCU and probably in the comics, they changed it to Strategic Hazard Intervention Espionage Logistics Directorate. Oh, directorate. So maybe the division is MCU, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Since Strategic Homeland, that's what I thought it was. Okay, so that this is clearly this is just comic book version. So that's okay. that's just that. Strategic but, Homeland, yeah. Yeah, intervention enforcement. S- yes. Yes. <laughs> so sword means sentient worlds observation and response department. I think okay. they changed it to division as well for the MCU. And so so yeah, you're right. Saber Nobody knows what it means yet. <laughs> Nobody knows what it means. The Marvels, we will. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure with Marvels, yeah, it'll come around. But we do have <laughs> a pop quiz for you, which I think you you suspected. 
uh, sort of, even in the last episode, but of Fury's 13 appearances. Okay, you're not going to ask me how many appearances. No, 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 no. We're not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Of his 13 appearances, how many were post-credit scenes? Oh, okay. I was thinking about this. I was kind of thinking about this. Because I was like... This is 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 right up your alley. How many appearances does does Nick Fury make? And I was like... Oh well, he was a post, <laughs> he was a post credit in this one. <laughs> You're so because <laughs> technically Iron Man is a, the post credit one. Mm-hmm. I'm Ugh. just I'm just gonna sip my that's peppermint good. tea while you while you think about this. Go oh, on. Oh, that's a good one. Damn, I didn't even get past I didn't get past <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so how many? And if you would like to answer, oh, uh, what were they? Ones ones. So ones, Iron Man. Yep. Um, uh, and then one is. Oh, was that at the end of that or th- is that the end of Captain Marvel? Let me, well, oh, well, no, he was in Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. but he was in Far From Home too, mm-hmm. which is insane because then what? Is so, this a trick question? Because then that the one where he's on the spaceship, that's he's like, all right, let's get back to work, everybody. Mm-hmm. He's on a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Is that a post credits? To mm-hmm. Far From Home or Captain Marvel? Well, Captain Marvel wouldn't count because he's in yeah, Captain Marvel. But he's also in Far From Home t- also. Yes. So that doesn't count. It does. It that does. is one of That's them. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you have two of four. Four? <laughs> I just gave you the... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're halfway there. Oh, my God. Okay. It's tough with a character like this because he pops in the that's, way he that's, does, that's right? That's the beauty of his character, yeah, though. I, I like wouldn't thinking, be able like, to. Is it pre-Infinity War or post-Infinity War? <laughs> I don't remember seeing him in anything phase four. I could be wrong. No, he wasn't in that show. wasn't in that show. Movies? He's not in any Black Panthers. I will say they're all movies. They're all movies. Mm-hmm. Holy lordy, lordy, Michael Jordy. <laughs> He's not in. Oh wait, is he in Civil War? He's not in the movie. Is he? No. No. Is he? What were the post-credit scenes for Civil? Oh my gosh! <laughs> now they're averaging like two post-credit scenes a movie. I know. I can't That's the thing. Yeah. Uh. God, I don't remember the Civil War. Not in Thor, no. Mm-hmm. Ragnarok. I can't get these two. And it's going to beat me up. You think? I can't. I can't put a number on it. I can't remember. I can't remember every single post credit scene. No. I am lost. <laughs> um. So... <laughs> Actually, you weren't too far off all this, uh, in all of them. So the first one was Iron Man. As we know, he comes up from, who are you? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, Thor, he comes out in Thor. The and he shows one. the first, the very first one. And he shows Eric Zel- Selvig the Tesseract. Yes. Yes. And then he appears in Avengers of Infinity War at the post credit scene as the, the snap is happening. Oh my god. That's the big one. That's the mother. F- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one is 
the one that you were confusing for Captain Marvel, which is the Spider-Man Far From Home one, where he's on Saber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right. Yeah, like you said. So he, those are the four, oh which is gosh. wild because like if you really do think about it, I mean, it's so easy to get it. pops up so randomly. So randomly. You could never just you know, like nail down like, okay, was that a post-credit scene or was it an actual scene? Yeah. So, but you did very well. I mean, I, I would honestly give it to you because you named all the movies. <laughs> like, just weren't sure. Oh, shoot. Yeah, so well <laughs> done. Um, <clears throat> and so we're actually going to... We're going to we're going to change it up a little bit as far as the uh, the role of the show goes. So I moved aesthetic all the way up here because, like I said, at the top, we had a very Caucasian Nick Fury when this all started. So if nothing more, know that when it comes to the aesthetic, Nick Fury is all about the eye patch, the trench coat, tactical gear, sleek black attire. You know, the classic spy look. Um, though his his original outfits in the comics gravitated to more like army-like assemblage, uh-huh. like like you see in the trading card. So he, he wore this like sort of navy. You can't really tell if it was actually navy or it's just the shadowing coloring that they did. Uh, okay. And then white pockets and accessories, um, hip pouches, boots, uh, right down to the ever-present cigar or cigarette mm-hmm. jutting from his lips. So, like, um, this was actually, this is like a fun fact interlude that I wanted to talk about very quickly because, like, I promise you, even in this picture on our dock, um, he's got a cigarette in his mouth. And so, back in the day, it was kind of like the Captain Stacy. He, he always had, like, a cigar thing. Gambit, Logan... Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah. They always they were always smoking. Every panel you could see them in. And so um so so despite the fact, um longtime editor chief and chief um editor in chief at Marvel, Joe Quesada, he banned smoking in any of the non Max Marvel titled comics. Um specifically with the non villains. So <laughs> it was kind of brought about almost abruptly because I think it was in the 2000s or something uh-huh. that they, they actually enacted this whole thing because, quote-unquote, uh, Quesada said, heroes shouldn't smoke. Villains are stupid. They're allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, this all stemmed from Quesada's own uh, you know, family loss to tobacco. So his family, his the men in his family were notorious for smoking. And so um, his grandfather actually died of related uh, health issues and his own father uh, experienced a collapsed lung from smoking. Oh my God. So after those two incidents, he was like, nope, no more. And so he banned quote unquote smoking from, from heroes at least. And so that's that from that point on, you just don't see them smoking ever. Um, Whereas before it was kind of like, you know, the fifties and like mad men were just, you couldn't see a scene without somebody lighting up. And so if you scroll further down, um, and I'll post these on social as well, there are a couple of comparisons between the MCU and the, the comic book versions, uh, both of Nick Fury um, Sr., as well as the, the modern-day iteration that we, we, do, we see so often that is based off of Sam Jackson. Um, he's pretty accurate because um, Nick Fury, the, the ultimate version, um, was based off of... Nick, Nick, uh, off of Nick Fury, off of Sam Jackson. That's crazy. So the likeness is there because it's actually Sam Jackson. It was Sam Jackson. So, 
um, to sh- shout out to this account that I found called Accurate MCU. They do all these awesome comparisons between the films and the comics, like a side by side. I'm not sure if he actually draws them himself or not, but they're pretty fantastic. So if you want to see more of those, definitely check him out on Instagram or Facebook. Um, and then there is, of course, a huge glaring difference between <laughs> the MCU and the comic book version in that Nick Fury was originally a white man. <laughs> So let's talk about how this came to be. And so, of course, again, I moved the topics around a little bit, you know, as far as the flow of our show goes. And I bumped it, bumped it up because of the undeniable relevance. Um, But before that, I mean, it's not really a pop quiz, but do you want to do you want to guess at which came first? The Sam Jackson likeness or his first MCU appearance? Ooh. Ooh. I want to say the... This feels like a, I feel like the likeness came first. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Then they were like, well, we're making a movie, so yeah. he's already in there. Yeah. Let's just see if he'll do it. Pretty much. <laughs> so like the anecdotal story is that like Sam Jackson is actually quite the comic book fan. And oh. so he regularly goes to stores and he in, in LA and he'll buy comics and, and just get stacks and stacks of books. And so... I think it was like one day when they had introduced this this whole you know continuity of the ultimate universe. Mm-hmm. They were like, "All right, so how are we going to change up Nick Fury?" And they thought, "How about this? Why don't we make him black?" And then the artist was like, "Okay, how about we make him a bad motherfucker?" Damn. <laughs> and That's we, true, yeah. We use Sam Jackson mm-hmm. as his face. And so they did, and then one day like the comic shop was like hey you seen this new ultimates comic and he was like huh and then they showed him they're like it looks like you and he was like it does look like me (laughs) (laughs) and then like the whole conversation kind of rolled out the way that you just said it like they he was like i think he said something like oh like he wasn't gonna press charges or any like likeness issues right whatever right like he was never gonna say anything about it he was just like "Mm, but if you make a movie (laughs) yeah like let a brother know yeah of course and so they approached him and were like hey we have this idea to bring nick fury in we'd love for you to play him since he's based off of you and this likeness and he was like all right (laughs) and so he did it 15 years later exactly oh it's so crazy so so uh to, to further embellish on that um i moved other versions and in other media up all the way up here uh, because I wanted to talk about the variants speaking Mm. of the ultimate universe and so 616 versus ultimate so canonically the character is white and it wasn't until ultimate Marvel team up team up number five cover dated August 2001 that a black Nick Fury was introduced as part of the ultimates universe and so just a reminder that's Miles Morales's universe earth Uh. 1610 and so um, the character proved to be so popular and popular enough, especially in that likeness that, you know, with the, the added value, <laughs> value of uh, Sam Jackson's likeness, that they brought the character into full continuity. So <laughs> the thing with this, like, you know, with the we, we discussed this a bit in the Miles Morales episode when they decided to get rid of the Ultimates universe uh-huh. and then bring people into 616 continuity. They just kind of went like, oh, oh, yeah, they're written to the history. It's all good. They always existed. They were always there. They didn't do that with this Nick Fury. Uh. They actually fostered and created an entire origin story for him 
that made sense and integrated him properly into 616. So this is where it gets a little interesting. So so they introduced (laughs) Nick Fury Jr. Oh my gosh. Into the fold, right? So he's the son of Nick Fury Sr., a.k.a. the white one. This this black version that is based off of Sam Jackson. And so what... What happened was, okay, well, let me backtrack just a tiny bit. So, so Nick Fury Jr. is the son of Nick Fury Sr. and a CIA agent named Nia Jones. So, um, much like Clint Barton and his family in the MCU, Nick, in the comics, wanted to ensure Nia's protection by moving her her to Atlanta, Georgia, where mm-hmm. she was, I think that was, I don't think she was from Atlanta, but they went to Atlanta kind of like a what do you call it? Witness, witness protection program sort of situation um, and gave her a name change. And so she was then known as Nia Johnson. And then she was pregnant. She got pregnant and they were having a child and they named it Marcus Johnson. Okay. And so there's a, there's a, there's a whole series, uh, a comic book series. It's a short, short one um, where Marcus Johnson <laughs> There's this huge long piece of history that follows, including um, the unfortunate death of of his mom at the hands of one of Nick Fury Sr.'s adversaries. Because, you know, he's a man of shield, all this stuff. He's built up all these adversaries in this rogues gallery. And so uh, one of of them named Orion um, killed his mother. And so at the very, very end of this entire, like, sweeping, you know, epic... Marcus not only adopts the lifestyle his parents once tried to hide him from, uh-huh. so he becomes a spy, but then he doubles down and he's like, I'm going to take my dad's name. I'm going to be Nick Fury Jr. Oh. So Nick Fury Jr. in the comics that looks like Sam Jackson, his real name is Marcus Johnson. Oh. <laughs> so, so instead of, like again, instead of just plopping the black Nick Fury into 616 and being like, he's black now. <laughs> like It's like, well, no, actually, the white one still exists. He's just an old man now because the infinity formula has worn off, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He's doing the moon thing and he's being the unseen. Of course. And then the one, the active Nick Fury is the Sam Jackson version who is his biological son. That's crazy. Yeah, Good so they've Lord. written him in. And I was like, yeah, they're not going to do that in the show. <laughs> I was like, that's that's a bit complex. You know, so so as far as the MCU is concerned, he is the only and I've never heard him refer himself refer to himself as senior either. Yeah. Like he just or junior for that matter. He just is Nick Fury. Nicholas J Fury. Nicholas J Fury. So yeah, this this all happened as of 2012. So it's fairly fairly recent um as far as the character history goes. And so <laughs> this then calls back to what we're discussing next very quickly, which is probably my first exposure to the character, which was a 1998 made for TV movie called Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring David Hasselhoff. Oh, my God. As Nick Fury with Lisa Rinna as Contessa Valentina Val Allegra de Fontaine and Sandra Hess as Andrea Von Strucker, a.k.a. Viper. Oh, my gosh. And so this is the link I sent you. 
like last week or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was just David Hasselhoff's big like head. Yeah. That was the full movie. That's... <laughs> and so oh I, I rewatched it and I was like, oh my God, it's like, it, it's... It feel it actually feels more like a 1993 movie okay. than a 98. Like I feel oh. like at 98 it would have had a, a little bit more millennial vibe, but it didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like very old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it. Imagine Baywatch, but Nick Fury. That's hilarious. It's it's a lot of that, but it was it was so good. It was it was so bad. It was good in a weird way because. Sure. There were a lot of callbacks and there are a lot of things that as a modern day fan, you might watch and be like, Steve Rogers, you know, like, I got that reference. Uh, like you would understand. And there are characters. Yeah. There are characters like Alexander Pierce is in it, but he's playing like the character that he more or less is in the comics at one point. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. like an underling or something. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely worth a watch. It's on YouTube. You can watch it. It's about an hour and 30 minutes long. That's crazy. Full on movie. And they left it open ending, uh, ended for like a potential sequel. It never happened, but that was definitely my first exposure. It's, it's Zardu Hasselfrau. Um, depending, he really just took <laughs> over that that <laughs> decade, man. That's Dude, so... he, he's been in the Marvel game longer than most of them, which is kind of funny, right? Oh, it is funny, actually. Yeah, and so we got a <clears throat> a listener comment. Uh, oh yeah, on Instagram. So this comes from Super Fanboy Guy, who Jeffrey asked me to ask you or oh tell gosh. you this joke. This is a joke for you, Jeff. Okay. What did Nick Fury say when he returned to Earth? <laughs> it's me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair. He said, I'm back. <laughs> oh, okay. good. That yeah. was good. Yeah, 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 that's pretty good. Thanks, super fanboy guy. On a Schwarzenegger type beat. <laughs> yeah. So, powers and paraphernalia. And so, clearly, uh, or maybe not so clearly, Nick Fury does not have any powers. He's Mm -hmm. just, all of these things that I'm about to mention, which are, uh, but not limited to, master in espionage and intelligence gathering, skilled military strategist, skilled in special operations, armed and unarmed combat, um, martial artist, longevity, via infinity formula so that's all he has and so, so the only super thing about this dude is the infinity formula i want to say the formula then so it's we've talked about this in a lot of episodes like black widow captain america winter soldier and so it's it's not it's it's similar to the super soldier formula but not quite as like concentrated okay maybe not as like what's the word like it's not making him look like yeah like it's not it's not like making him what he could have been like sure, it's, it's sure. just ensuring that um it it uh, let me let me read it here so it's it's also known as the forever compound and so basically it's a life prolonging serum that does not prevent the mind or body of the person injected from decaying so nick fury could look like he's 30 but he's feeling like a 90-year-old. 
is basically what's happening. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, the, this is he first in the comics. He first got the serum in France during World War II because he, uh, I don't know, he suffered some really bad injuries, and so rather than dying, they were like, "Oh, let's give him the Infinity Formula." And then, so it healed him a bit. It doesn't make him immortal. It doesn't make him uh, regenerate or anything, but uh-huh. it just made him better. And it also just kind of broadened his lifespan a bit. So, okay. so in the comics, he the, the Nick Fury Sr. got the injection. And by proxy, because also it's the easy thing to do. Uh, his son got it because... Yes. Biological at that point. Yes. <laughs> it's in his DNA at this at this ah, rate. Okay. Yeah. So um so <laughs> this is a silly this is a silly one. This is another pop quiz. But it's I promise it's 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 a multiple choice. Great, man. I promise it's okay. So so now that we've discussed the, the all things aesthetic about Fury, do you want to take a, a stab at what percentage of vision loss he has in his left eye <laughs> from oh. from these multiple choices is it 95% 75% 50% 25% oh like how much he can't see out of that eye correct so it only like he only he might have 25% vision yeah i feel like it's high vision loss yeah so how much has he lost Oh, like he's lost 25%? Yes. He's lost yes, yes, yes. half of that vision? Yes. 95, 75, 50, 25. I personally think 25. it's... Ooh, that's tough. I, f- I know... I feel like it's not completely gone. Yeah. But I feel like 50, 50 is a cop, a cop out of an answer. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> but 75? But, but it's also enough for him to be wearing an eye patch, right? Right. So it can't be 25. Maybe can't be fifty, but ninety-five. That's that's up there. I say seventy-five. Is that your final answer? Yes. <laughs> this is incorrect. Ah! <laughs> so canonically, as well as presumably MCU, he has lost ninety-five percent of his vision God. in the left eye. Which in the MCU could be fixed, I'm sure, because you know technology, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Maybe they did something. Maybe, yeah. But yeah, presumably it's 95 percent loss, which is kind of wild. That's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, he's basically blind in that eye. Um, so friends, uh, family, friends, and affiliations. So I didn't want to get too crazy on this one, especially because he he's one of those characters, right, that has just a broad spectrum of of all of these things. And so, just very quickly. Um, Jack Jacob and Don Fury. So uh, those are his father, brother, and sister in that order, um, along with an unnamed mother. And so um, you got to remember once again, you know, Nick Fury Senior at least hails from from pre World War Two times. Yes. So he is he's quite an aged character. Um, so his father Jack served uh, in the army as well. And the family endured the Depression era of New York City. And so the children themselves, uh, they were orphaned uh, eventually because the mother passed away, um, unknown circumstances, and the father passed away, I think, I believe, after he came back from the war for Mm -hmm. some reason. And so they grew up in Hell's Kitchen raised by their stepmother. Um, And so... 
they do they do expand on Fury's past quite a bit. He had like a best friend and on all these, you know, like backstories, but um I didn't want to get too much into those, but it goes without saying that, you know, Fury's got a direct line, right, to to all of the Earth's mightiest heroes. And so and in the MCU. So not only in the comics, but also in the MCU. So um the Avengers for Shield and its subdivisions and all of them, they're all part of his network. So we just want to keep it nice and tight. <laughs> And just cover uh, a, a few of the people um, who coincidentally are actually all the women. Um, I could have put Rhodey in here. I feel like, I mean, we can talk about Rhodey a little bit. Besties. Besties. <laughs> Rhodey's really funny though, right? Like he's, this is the thing, you know, and, and this is obviously more skewing towards the MCU talk, but like considering where James Rhodes has been, in the last like six things that he's ever been in, right? Yeah. It's interesting where he's being placed right now. In the MCU. Yeah, like he's in went Falcon and Winter Soldier. He's in Secret Invasion. He's been on all these very important like key points, which could formulate this next phase, right? And he's eventually going to get Armor Wars. Yes. So I'm just kind of like. Hmm. And so I've Don said, Cheadle's like, I'm earning this check, baby. No one's stopping yeah, me from he, getting this Marvel and check. And he deserves yeah. it. He is a king. I love Don yeah. Cheadle. Oh my goodness. <laughs> love. But yeah, it's it's interesting. And so yeah, I've I've said this to a few people. When it comes to Secret Invasion, especially, I feel like I, I have a fifty percent bank like bet that he could be a scroll. And that you know the weird theory that but perhaps be he, like, well then where's the real one he might be dead no <laughs> you like death jeff <laughs> i gotta see it first <laughs> yeah if it didn't happen on screen it ain't no, real exactly right? i gotta see it first <laughs> well we don't know i mean i don't know like i said civil war he might have died in civil war like getting shot out of the sky from vision when's the last time he saw when's the last time we saw him and oh i mean yeah obviously he's like a, yeah he's, he's a colonel an, and stuff yeah. but like in action in action, see? Endgame, right? Endgame. That's well, it? Yo, that's right. Yeah, Endgame. In action. With, yeah. With the he's, suit. Yeah. See? I mean, that's He's also- a scroll! <laughs> <laughs> it's also budgeting, but... Yeah, it's also true. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's just very interesting. And so anyway, I didn't put Rhodey on here because a lot of these characters, especially when it comes to the MCU versions, they don't intermingle nearly as much in the comics. They're all passing ships. And so I just wanted to point out a couple... One of which, which is Carol Danvers, of course. And so um, they've crossed paths many times. Uh, she was actually his personal assistant at one point in the comic books. Wow. Um, and then she also sat as active director of S.H.I.E.L.D. while he wow. was, while he was um, like, what was he? I think he was displaced somewhere. Um, and, and yeah, so they've, they've had their own, you know, respective teams. They've gone against each other. They've worked together, the whole shebang. But nothing quite like in the films, which yeah. of course Carol Danvers portrayed by Brie Larson first seen in 2019's Captain Marvel and last seen in a few things, but most notably 2022's Ms. Marvel series. Woo! <laughs> and so, yeah. So, you know, she, uh, first encounter, Oh, they, they had their first encounter because of the scrolls, the Kree scroll war, this Kree scroll war. Exactly. I can't even say it. Uh, that's, that's, that's a tongue twister. Yeah. Kree scroll, 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 scroll,
Cree Cree Squirrel. See, I can't do it. Cree Skull Scroll War. There you go. Um, and yeah, and so uh, Fury was tracking anomalies uh, in his earlier years with S.H.I.E.L.D. and that's how he even found Carol. So Carol was almost the catalyst for him even understanding and being involved with scrolls because yeah because yeah. because colson was the first person that was a scroll in his proximity oh man yeah and so um captain marvel was so good y'all didn't stop hating on that movie <laughs> i don't hate all of it i just don't like all the parts that don't necessarily have nick fury in them <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he was my favorite part of the movie that's, to be yeah, honest he really was like i don't know but anyway but yeah so so they're they've they clearly had a tight-knit connection that point on and and you know that the beeper thing like all of that and so i'm curious if that's going to be revived in any way if she's gonna come back into the fray especially with secret invasion because you know she jokes that what was it other galaxies other planets don't have you guys yes. right but like this planet actually needs her this time well, yeah the scrolls are <laughs> back scrolls, baby yeah and then of course her you know quote-unquote politics that come into it because she is cree um oh, that's right mm-hmm. so there's a lot going on um and a lot i think we haven't yet seen but of course more with the marvels later this year we'll see and so uh i, I mentioned sharon carter i don't really know why i kind of put her in here well, i wasn't going to but <laughs> <laughs> um sharon and the original fury uh had more interaction than the modern junior in the comic books but uh, uh um, but of course in the MCU, Sharon Carter portrayed by Emily Van Camp, first seen in Captain America, the Winter Soldier, last seen in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, most of their interaction, you know, most of Fury and Sharon's interaction was in the Winter Soldier film, um, when she was posing as Kate mm-hmm. to watch, uh, yep. over Steve Rogers. And so I feel like that's the only, like, that's the only time they've actually interacted right because she hasn't been in that much anyway and even then yep they didn't have that many scenes together yep yeah i I don't think so yeah yeah they didn't they didn't they didn't do as much as as you would suspect but they've had more screen time together than a lot of people um though you know of course notably i didn't include natasha romanoff in here but we do talk about them a little bit in her episode yeah um but (laughs) you know the one we couldn't pass up above all despite all the connections he has had with the Avengers again, Maria Hill. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, shockingly enough, there's not too much to note here as far as the comic book is concerned, um, aside the expected, uh, you know, intermingling thanks to S.H.I.E.L.D. and HYDRA. Yeah. Um, But Maria in the comics interacted with both Nick Fury Sr. and Jr. versions of the character, um, and actually more so with with Jr., when she became director of S.H.I.E.L.D. after Daisy Johnson... Oh, my gosh. Nick was her right-hand man. So it was kind of like flip-flopped a little bit. Ah. Whereas in the MCU, of course, Maria Hill, portrayed by Colby Smulders. Um, first seen in 2012's The Avengers. Last seen in Secret Invasion just over 10 years after her first appearance. Mm-hmm. And so... I'm waiting to say she, it. <laughs> she's legit been there uh, with and for Fury since the second she stepped on screen. She is basically his work wife. Yep. Um, she, uh, she was portrayed by Talos' wife, Soren in the post credit scene from Spider-Man Far From Home. 
and then died sometime. Uh, Soren died sometime after the blip, but she. Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead. Say she's it. dead. <laughs> she's she's dead. dead in the first episode of Secret Invasion. That's so crazy. Everyone can suck it. Ooh, you kiss your mother with that mouth? Like legitimately, <laughs> I was like yeah. not expecting it. Dude, that's why I texted you that. I was like, like when when I have only watched it once, right? But it that that's all you need to. That's all you need to. That particular scene, though, I was like, holy that, smokes! That, that ending scene was. Yeah pretty i was, was like hard. i was like oh they're screwed like, oh they're, yeah oh this guy's oh, smart he, he yeah 100 percent. graphic smart yeah. fury has lost it yeah like when you hear the shot and then she like like buckles jolt, yeah. yeah she buckled i was like oh no and like whatever that is whatever that shot is gut shot yeah the gut shot yeah and then she, like the overhead shot like oh. when they pulled him away from yeah. her i was like <laughs> i told I was... jeff i started crying and i like wait. i was sitting exactly where you were and i was like man like that <laughs> it's like that you're gonna just what was it you that told? <laughs> was it you that told me? Or I maybe what? saw it on Twitter. What? Her last image of before dying was yeah. Fury shooting her. Yeah, because she does it like, and yeah. then her last words. Like, it was you. you. Like, oh my yeah. god, and that's like, awful. And then Nick didn't even have time to process it. Cause, Nothing, because uh, the, the bombing. It's yeah, I gotta go. Scary. Yeah. <sighs> I was like, I was, I was just kind of chilling watching it, and then like, I was like, I was like, okay. And then I was like, and then she, and then the, sh- the shot happens, and I was like, <laughs> I got up, and I was like, oh man, I was like, there's no way it ends here, right? There's yeah. no way it ends here. They pulled the spider verse on. And you. then I was like, you <laughs> mother, like, I was like, she's not dead, right? Right. I immediately went to Twitter. Well, that's the <laughs> second question I got. Yeah, that's the question that I got too. Everyone was like, yo, you watch Secret Invasion yet? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, she's not dead. I was like, oh, she did. She's dead. I was like, she's dead. That's that's definitely casualty. Colby Smolders acted her ass off. <laughs> Dude, she's so good. I was like, oh, she's, she's dead. If she's acting her ass off like yeah, that. Yeah, she's. I was like, hundred percent. Always been good, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, and it's, it's very much like Gravik said in the second episode. He's like, what did he say? Oh, he was like, he was like, yeah, I could have killed him too. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But what did he say? It's like that's the easy. Like, that's that, the easy. I don't want to yeah. give him what he wants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to take away whatever he what said. He, what yeah. he loves. What whatever, he loves. Yeah. yeah. And so that was like, you got. You know, we're not going to get into Gravik too much, but you really get a sense of the character you that might have he to is. Meet someone we cover. After, honestly, after this yeah, show. yeah. Honestly, um, but yeah. So, <laughs> poor old Maria. <laughs> I am I mean, sad. That, but she, yeah. she legitimately brought a character to the table that was like i wouldn't say insignificant in the comics she's definitely got a smaller role when it comes to the comic books she she's had some points and highlights in her comic tenure yes but man she made her an incredible character on screen like she was always on point always always a strong character always like dependable you knew that if hill was on screen something was happening like something important was you know like some information was being conveyed yes whatever and so to finally, to like see her finally go, like, I think I said this to you. I was like, you know, it's final when they're rolling out a casket and her mom is there. I was like, oh, yeah. she's really gone now. And then, cause I was like thinking too, like, cause usually when you kill people off, you give them something like that. They, they die for something. Right. Right. And she didn't really, yeah. like she was doing some, she was, 
she was, you know, fighting for something, but mm -hmm. it, it happened so sudden and yeah. you don't really expect someone dying the first episode yeah. of a series. Mm -hmm. And then it says special guest star, Kobe Smollett. Like, oh, she's dead. She's dead. Yeah. yeah. And then it kind of yeah. comes together in the second episode when um, Maria's mom talks to Fury and is like, she was like, that I must have sucked. Like, yeah. like why, you know, why did she die? Did I, well, and then she was like, well, whatever you, whatever you, she was doing. Make sure she's make sure her death is not for nothing. Yes, and I was exactly. Like, okay, like there it is. Yeah, like, come on. That's the thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, I appreciated that they actually like showed somebody else, right? Like, who did she have? And it's like, oh, she had a mother, and she had family, and, and people who were gonna miss her. And that's so sad, though. But you get the con the contextualizing that they presented with just her mom. Yeah, was incredible because like she even says she's like, how did how were you there? Yeah, like. I don't even know where my daughter died. Like that's how tightly sealed this entire like thing what is. They do, yeah. yeah, which is so sad and so crazy. But yeah, so she's Maria Hills getting them the big send off. Yeah, it's really sad. I'm gonna actually miss her because she was one of those characters I just didn't think they would ever really do that to. But I mean, damn, dude. Like they they're really they're not holding the punches back <laughs> it's like oh man and i think that's also what makes it so perfect is that you don't expect that and it was perfectly executed with her yeah because it's as much as you feel for fury and losing yes what is basically his work wife she was so integral to so much that it's like damn you actually are just like oh yeah oh. Like it hurts where you're like oh man yeah <laughs> so yeah. And I don't know who or I don't know who's a scroll anymore, man. I don't care. <laughs> Jeff constantly uh, texts me. Uh, I don't know who's a scroll, like, man. I don't care anymore. I don't like, know. <laughs> I'm just going to assume everybody's a Are scroll. Are you a scroll? Dude, I could be. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen me in a scroll in the same room? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's and that's the that's the scary thing about this entire storyline. And and we're going to talk about the scrolls just a teeny tiny bit later in the show, but yeah, that's that's the scariest part about it all is that like the tagline says, like who can you trust? All right. So from there, we're going to go on into the love interest section. And so it was really funny. When I first started outlining all of these these details, <laughs> I like thought, ah, Furious, does, he doesn't have that many. And then as I started to flush it out, I was like, oh. Nope. Oh, oh really? Nope. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not they're not like big bangs, right? Like not, yeah, yeah, not like yeah. some insane like connections, but you know, we we were just introduced to his first on-screen partner in Secret Invasion at the end of episode two. Yeah. Uh, so we were introduced to Priscilla Fury, portrayed by uh, Charlene Woodard. Um, and so, yeah, so beyond that character who, who does not exist, I don't believe exists in the comic books, we're just going to talk about a couple real quick down the line here. Mm -hmm. And so um, as formally mentioned... Uh, in the comic books, Nia Jones, then Johnson, uh, she's, again, she was the CIA agent that Nick met, fell in love with, uh, married, had a baby with, and now we have Sam Jackson, Nick Jr. <laughs> Nick Jr. Um, and so there's no MCU counterpart for Nia, but uh, there is Lady Pamela Hawley. And so... Um, this one was interesting because not unlike how Steve met Peggy, at least in the MCU, um, Nick met Pam in the comic books during the war. And uh, it was one of those 
case scenarios and you know, like it's a battle zone there's a young child crying and uh, she's like I must help this child and course. he's like I got him ma'am <laughs> he picks <laughs> up the kid and and you know um, later on they meet up again and there's like you know, he's like invited to tea for doing a great job and he's like ah, yeah sure I'll go and then she ends up being the daughter of the man who invited whatever they fall in love uh-huh. <laughs> but <laughs> As all good things do. Unfortunately for Nick, um, Pamela uh, put herself in harm's way, like Nick did with other people. And so she put her safety before others. And as Nick was, (laughs) as Fury was about to propose to Pamela, there's this entire issue, this entire freaking issue. And he's making a big deal. He's got the wedding ring. He's going to propose. He puts it on his, on his dog tags. He's like, oh, I won't lose it this time. You know, I'm going to keep it. And they show him going through all the possible, like, battles he could. And he still has this ring around his necklace, like, waiting to get home to her to, to propose. Yeah. He almost loses it in the ocean. And he still retrieves it retrieves it like oh my god yeah and he finally gets back home uh-huh. he goes to the the house he goes to her dad and he's like sir i just wanted to do this proper and i wanted to ask if i may have your daughter's hand in marriage the dad's in shambles and he's like nick didn't they tell you and he's like tell me what and he's like didn't you talk to the colonel and he's like oh no i skedaddled out of there real quick why would i had to be here why and he's like she died oh (laughs) she got killed she got killed like in an air raid like a bomb fell on her and she died and so that broke nick fury and so that's that uh pamela is considered perhaps his one only true love so i actually have the pen the comic page here for you so Uh that's when he's going back and he finds out that she has she is officially deceased. Um, oh my gosh! But thing that because you know like when I do these things when I do these comparisons I jot down all the comic book stuff first and if it's a character I'm not readily familiar with in uh-huh. the MCU I'm like huh let me type in their name and see if there's an MCU version and so shockingly enough there is an MCU counterpart for Pamela Holly. Oh my gosh! And so. She is portrayed by actress Jenny Agutter in first first scene for the record in 2012's The Avengers, then seen in 2014's Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And so, mind-blowing moment, Pamela is the woman that Natasha impersonated when she had the face veil. And oh, she's one of the, the executors. One of the one, yeah, one of the council people from Shield. Oh, that woman, you know, like when when Robert Redford is yeah, about yeah, to shoot yeah, her. Yeah. And that, I'm sorry, did I step on your moment? Yes, that character is Pamela Holly. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so I was like, dude, what an Easter egg that is! Yeah. Like I had no idea, and so I think it, and they have like little interaction there's no semblance of like that they used to be something at least in the movies yeah but what an, a nick fury easter egg because he does say he's like pamela like he says her name like a few times yeah oh wow. and i was like whoa that is, that is an easter egg. yeah i was like dude that's a deep cut so so yeah so she's actually in the mcu but you know did she die or something I was just thinking of that i don't think i don't think, I don't she, think died. she did i think they were like off screen it yeah. was kind of like hey we're going to send uh, uh, Natasha in there instead of you yeah with the face I know because I because yeah especially if her last mm, 
Yeah, if her last uh, appearance was in Winter Soldier, like I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's ah, weird. But yeah, so so that's interesting. That's, funny. <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. You know what else is crazy, Jeff? Tell me. His one of other one of Fury's other love interests. Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> so, uh, in the comics, I'm not definitely not going into her because she, again, she, for the record, could definitely have her own character study because yes. she's certainly got enough in the comic books and in the movies now. Um, but in the comics, she first encountered Fury as she was concluding her own shield training. And uh, and the two grew closer over time. So basically, Fury is meeting these women on the job, and then it turns to something more is more or less what's happening here. And so with with Valentina, yeah, they they eventually became became lovers after a, a failed relationship with another woman named Laura Brown. And so it's it's kind of diabolical because Valentina, like if you don't know Valentina very well. Her parents were sleeper agents. Okay. <laughs> they were sleeper agents. So she comes from a family of villains, basically. And so Dum Dum Duggan actually recruited her into S.H.I.E.L.D. not knowing any of that information. Oh. Uh. And so she's basically been a double agent the entire time. And so they, they're they clearly adopting that <laughs> into the MCU 100%. version. Um, and so, so in the books, even after Val took on the moniker Madam Hydra... For the record, um, and then was later imprisoned for being exposed and saying, "Hey, I'm a sleeper agent." Fury still tried to pull her out of jail because he's got some feelings for the lady. You know, mm. I was just kind of like, "Oh, okay, it's deep for this this gal." So, of course, uh, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, portrayed by Julia Louis Dreyfus in the MCU, first seen in 2021's. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, last seen in 2022's Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Um, so, yeah, as of this recording, the Fury and Valentina have not officially crossed paths Not yet. yet. <laughs> I feel so, like Julia knows something. She said, she she said that. To. She said that in, some, in something. Did she? Yeah. And then I think it was during Secret Innovation interviews, someone had mentioned to Sam Jackson, like, oh, um, Julia... Julia said that, oh, me, me, me and uh, Nick Fury are going to fight. And then, and then Samuel Jackson oh, was like, so she must know something I don't know because <laughs> I haven't heard anything. <laughs> but he's a good liar. So I don't know. <laughs> but she's got, like, there, there's got to be something because she's, like, and I've said this long time ago. She's basically doing what Fury did in the beginning. She's, she's Recruiting pulling. dark yeah, people, though. Exactly. Villains. Thunderbolts. Yes. I mean, she yeah. probably will be in Thunderbolts. Oh, 100%. And so, so yeah, so they haven't crossed paths yet, but it's it's obvious from the get-go that they have lots in common. And so, you know, if she's following his, his route, like, there's only, it's only inevitable that they're gonna, they have to cross paths. If they don't, oh, man, I don't know. They have to. <laughs> there's like, no I'm other option like, how, long, how long does samuel L. jackson ride this thing for real and how long does marvel want to keep using nick fury because and, and also did we clarify when the marvels takes place in all of this is no, it before we after because we don't know yet yeah we don't know because so. that could be before secret invasion for all we know there's before or after yeah i mean there's no other option right uh, I have no, yeah 
So I don't know. We'll find out on November. But he could be like Don Cheadle. He could just be going on forever until he's just you know. But he's 15 years now. There's not that many people that are up at 15. Yeah. You know, it's really rare. But uh, guess we'll see. But but yeah. So for Valentina, her next stop is presumably in in next year's Thunderbolts film, if not sooner. Maybe somewhere. I mean, <laughs> what if she makes an what if she makes an appearance? At the I end know, of this dude. That's all. And this is the thing, right? Because Jeff asked me before we started recording, like, what do you think's going to happen? And, you know, it's like the cameos alone, there are so many people that could show up. So many people, like characters we haven't seen yet, recurring characters. Yeah. Especially Carol, especially Valentina. Like, like we've already got I like what I like what uh, Fury said, though, about, like, I forget who asked. I don't know if. T- Talos asked him, "Was like, why don't you call the Avengers?" And he was like, "I don't want them here because then the schools are just going to impersonate them, and then we're all screwed." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I was like, oh, that's a pretty, that's a logical way of thinking about it, and, a good, and, a, and a good like, like, okay, like we don't need them here then. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like, hard same, right? Like, why would you? Like, cool. Let Carol Danvers <laughs> come down here and let someone impersonate the most powerful woman in the galaxy. Yeah, right. I know, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. But they're so utterly convincing, right? Yeah. Because, and also, I mean, you know, not to dip into the scroll scrolls too much too soon, but they've they've showed us in episode one how they do it, and so I believe this is quite different from the comics in that. They're hooking humans up to this whatever it is, yeah. and they're quite literally stealing their consciousness. Yes. So it's amplified. It's not just taking their face. So do they have to, I guess I mean, they haven't explained this yet, Like, does that other person that they're impersonating yeah. have to be alive? That's like, a curious question, like right? Like they have to be alive, but they're stealing their consciousness, right? Mm. So they'll have their consciousness. Because the other like, people okay, were still alive, yeah? They the were other people alive, were, But now yeah. I'm just like digging too deep. I'm like, okay, but they can, <laughs> yeah, but they can shape shift into anything. <laughs> right, right. Right. As right. long as they get a full look at it. That's all it takes. Yeah, that's all it takes. So it's like, okay, so it's just, they're just shape shifting, but they still have the the mind of whatever's consciousness. Well, and this could also be part of Gravik's own agenda because he's building something bigger too. And he's got the, the aid of the scientists, the, what, the Ronsons or something, the couple... They mentioned it in, ep- yes, in episode yes, two. Yes. Yeah, I forgot the name. Right? Yeah, and so he this could be part of his own thing because like Talos and and them, they've never needed that. They've just like in Captain Marvel, for instance, they just looked at the people on the beach and yeah. they turned into those people. Yeah, and so if it's a full on invasion, then I guess they do need the consciousness to to quite literally replace these people. We're so screwed. We're so screwed. <laughs> We're so screwed. Can you imagine? A million scrolls. Yeah. Let's say even half of those are, Yeesh. no, even a quarter of those are like yeah. on, on Gravik's side. Exactly. Woof. Yikes, dog. Director Fury, the council has made a decision. I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a stupid ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. <laughs> so speaking of uh, the scrolls, notable adversaries. And so 
Like many of our leading characters, Fury has assembled a long lineage of adversaries over the years in the comic books, but for the sake of not having a four-hour episode, we're going to try and keep it to the most recent events and comparisons. So, quick recap of who Fury has gone against in the comics. They do include Red Skull, Baron Wolfgang von Strucker, and the Zodiac. And in, on the MCU side, he's gone against Loki, Hydra, the Winter Soldier, Ultron, and of course... Thanos. Um, do you, what do you... Th- I want to get your opinion because, I mean, it's classic PTSD, but why do you think the Thanos thing was so... had such an impact on him? Oh, the the snap? The, the blip, yeah. Why, why do you think it was so bad? I feel bad? like it was the first time that he couldn't prevent anything. Yeah. I yeah. think so, too. Like, like, how do you... Like, from a person who's always three steps ahead. Yeah who's always conscious of everything that's going on, whether it's earthly or outer space. Mm-hmm. This is the first time where he was like, and he couldn't, and he couldn't do anything about it because it was random selection. Yeah. So, and then for him to come back from that and knowing how the world changed when everybody was back, he mm-hmm. was like, yeah, like I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it was <laughs> Maybe. like, he's so used to not necessarily winning, but he's so used to being prepared yeah. and in a controlling position yeah. that for him to lose that severely, it's like part ego, yeah. but part just like that's what happens to a person that's not used yeah, to like that. The, like that conversation he he had with Olivia Coleman's character in the first episode. Who is incredible for yeah. the record. Oh my God. Do you that- watch The Crown? She's, I don't. I know. Oh, but I was, I, I was like, phenomenal. oh, that's where, that's where she's from. Yeah, she's phenomenal. And so I was like, it was that conversation where she said like, he was like, where he where he asked like, oh, like what's in that in that in that hangar or whatever, and she was like, the fact that you the fact that you don't know worries me because the theory that I know is always three steps ahead. Yeah. And I was just like, and mm. the way, and then the second episode when she handled the interrogation, I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that was amazing for the record. Conci- concise. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. To the point, I was like, oh yeah, I'd mm-hmm. be scared. <laughs> yeah right oh my goodness i probably should have included her in all this discussion but we're talking about her good enough right now so yeah yeah she's yeah but yeah I just, and then for him to just go up to space and stay there and develop saber yeah but then to come back to earth and just think that you mm-hmm. can waltz back into earth and think everything's like all good yeah and i was telling die before we record i was like i don't know like when he's gonna realize like yeah you're just not you're not the same anymore. Yeah. Like you're going to yeah. lose. I mean, that might be why they do emphasize that he is older and that he's aged and he's a shadow of a man. You like, know? I don't know if this is a hot take, but he's the reason Maria died. That's true. Like it's Sad his but fault. True. It is. Like it's, like, it's, yeah. it's legit his yeah. fault. Yeah, exactly. If she didn't come back, if he didn't come back, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't, wouldn't be in that mess. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, they probably wouldn't be in a place to potentially stop this. But yeah. no. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's. It's his fault. Maria's <laughs> dead. It's his fault. It should have been him. It should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, dude. Yeah. Like just thinking about the episode, too, and and going back to it, just like. It's it's all going to it's all catching up to him I think yeah. too right And I think it's going to hit a peak and I think it's going to reach now we're just like just delving into like what we think is going to happen Yeah I think Gaia switches at some point Oh she has to She has to She has to But I think 
I think even now she's like playing them both. I don't know if it's like I don't know if it, like does Nick have to lose another one? Does Talos have to freaking die for yeah. him to be like, oh, my crap. bad? Yeah, exactly. And that's when the switch happens for Gaia, right. and that's when you know all hell breaks loose. Yeah, and then you know Rhodey's a scroll. And then- <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. So so he said, yeah. Back to back to adversaries, real quick. Um, so yeah, most recently and relevantly, you know, Fury has found himself near over his head with the scroll. Uh, and so in the comics, they're a species um, that have been floating around for for quite some time, same as the MCU goes. But um, in the comics, they're they're known as extraterrestrial shapeshifters. Uh, that's that's pretty much the easy version of it. Um, the original Secret Invasion. So that storyline was actually introduced pretty modernly in two thousand seven. Um, the Skrulls had just lost their home world, uh, and it's called Tarnax 4, um, later named Throne World. And so what happened to that is, it, you're familiar with Galactus, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Galactus destroyed their planet, oh. had, had it for nom-noms. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, the scroll as a people, as as a species, uh, they they've harbored resentment and distaste for the superpowered, especially those on Earth, for like decades and and for as long as you could probably look back on in Marvel history. And so, after after they lost their home in the comics, they they just basically decided, you know what, we're gonna take over their planet because we don't like them. And so the series version of that mentality is so much different because. In the series, it's like they became refugees once yeah. their planet was left, yeah. was lost. So once, you know, they became refugees in the books, yeah, they decided we're going to take over Earth. And so the messed up thing is, is that it got so bad, as we're going to start to see in the show, like, it's like you said, the Avengers were all scrolls at one point. That's insane. Every single one of them, because you just couldn't, they couldn't trust anybody. And so it isn't until I believe like in the books, like they've got Electra, Electra dies. Right. Uh-huh. And she's on like the, the, the operating table and reverts back to a scroll. And they're like, Oh, sh- <laughs> like they don't know. And so from that point on, Fury like, can't trust anybody. He decides to make a new team of people that he can trust and all that stuff. And so, in the comics, the new team that he formulated, this is where it started to... I was like, dang! <laughs> like, again, the series could go in so many directions, and this part that I'm about to say is a reason why. I was like, man, it could it could really, like, go that way. Uh-huh. This is one of the options. So when things started to get squirrely, Fury was like, okay, I'm not going to call the Avengers. I'm going to make a new team of people that I know I can trust. And so he started to pull together Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Oh my gosh. Which included Yo-Yo Rodriguez. Oh wow, I forgot about Yo-Yo. And Daisy Johnson. Quake? Quake! Quake! And so yeah, like we were, Jeff and I were talking earlier like and and even before the show like last week or whatever, a few days ago. Cuz there's a there's a Daisy Johnson Easter egg in Across the Spider-Verse. Yes. And so, you know, for those who aren't aware, in, in the second Spider-Verse film, when Miles Morales comes back to his dorm room and Gunky is playing the video games, fans found an Easter egg of 
Chloe Bennett as Quake on a newspaper in Miles's room, <laughs> which I think is so mind blowing because you have to you have to remember that's Sony Animation calling back to is it Peacock or NBC ABC NBC whatever ABC ABC's Marvel series that has all been all but retconned you Pretty know much. what i mean and so now it's like well if you think about it especially with what chloe has been saying on social she's she's been like sharp and she's a little been, snarky about it but like she's been she, dabbling she, yeah it's also like why are you hanging out with simu lu <laughs> maybe they're friends I don't and know. they're totally friends but like hmm, hmm asian superheroes huh agents of atlas maybe and so so that this is a possibility like in the books that fury might gather because he was in agents of shield the show he was in two episodes he was in two so he oh, knows so he's aware he's aware of that those, ghost those... rider baby <laughs> <laughs> yo if they put like nick cage in, in flash i mean they can put him in <laughs> they can put him in if this daisy stuff. johnson pop- oh you mean Ro- you mean robbie reyes oh yeah oh he's uncle tommy now <laughs> from the last of us oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, that'd be dope too, though. But if, yeah, if I, Daisy Johnson pops up, dude. Yeah, I'm turning off the TV. I'm really? Not, I'm like, nope, I don't believe it. This is insane. I what mean, are they doing here? I'm kind of living if it if it happens because my no, friends, like one of my dear friends, like Chloe Bennett is her like that's her girl. I love her too. When the show's yeah. going on, I love yeah. her too. Yeah, yeah. And so if if Quick comes back. And it's Chloe Bennett, and it's in this this proximity. Like I'm losing it, dude. <laughs> I'm losing it. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a trip. Um, so the scroll in the MCU, of course, they're depicted a little differently. They're known as technologically advanced race of reptilian humanoids native to the destroyed planet of Scrollos. I think Scrollos is really weird and silly. <laughs> it's like you think so? scrolls from Scrollos. Like, it, I mean, Mandalore, Mandalorians. Okay, fair. Got <laughs> <laughs> me there. I got nothing now. Yeah, and, and, and I didn't want to go into it because, again, like, we could do a whole episode on, on scrolls. But, yeah, like, I'm not sure what the relevance of Tarnax 4 is, for instance, right? Tarnax 4. But it sounds very galactical. Yeah. Versus Skrullos. Um, but yeah, whatever. The, so, so the in the MCU, it's a little more simplified, uh, as much as it is complex as far as like what they describe them as, especially the reptilian part. Like they're really trying to put across that the reptilian because yeah. I think they even said that in the yeah yeah the I episode mean, like what in the reptilian something like yeah, that yeah I was yeah. like oh hey, that's new, um, and so yeah we were first officially introduced to them in Captain Marvel and um, further introduced to Gravik and Gaia portrayed by. Kingsley Benadir and uh, Amelia Clark, respectively, in the series. So yeah, I mean, sky's the limit, dude. Like, <laughs> we've probably seen at least uh, I don't know, not counting the obvious scroll. Like, every other person that has been on screen could be a scroll in the series. Every single freaking one. So I don't. That's know. what's like scary. You're like, okay, well, we don't know who's possibly a scroll now. Yep. Oh, so big question is, and I already know the answer to this because I looked it up. Do you think Nick knows his wife is a scroll? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
So yeah. the director, the director, like they, I think it was Variety or somebody was like, so does, does he know that, that she's a scroll? And he said the way that they wrote it in the script is very obvious that he knows that he's aware and acknowledges that she's not human, but the way that they filmed it gave off another, like it did make you kind of go, wait, does he know? Oh, I didn't. I didn't see it as that. Oh, really? No. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I saw. I saw it as her being protective of herself. A hundred percent, same as well. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, and so he liked he liked the way they played it so much that he decided to let people wonder. Oh, do, do, does he know? Does he know? Yeah. Uh, so it is very like it is intentional that they did it that way, but. Yeah. Uh, no, I think she. I think he's very well aware. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so, like, to, to call back, she is the same woman that they featured earlier in the episode who brought Gravik to Fury in the first place. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yes, that's the same woman. Or scroll, rather. <laughs> so, I didn't want to read the article too much further because I was like, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to read something I don't want to. Send it to me. But... <laughs> Yeah, you're the I'll brave one. <laughs> but they did. He did mention that further in the series, we will see that there is more to that story than we know at the moment. Yeah. So I had a hunch that perhaps Gravik is her son, and this could be a weird, contentious, like stepson so? versus that would be too easy so i'm not I don't sure think so, because i think she said at the beginning yeah the, he was yeah. orphaned wasn't he yeah yeah he's like, yeah oh, like. and so i'm curious what he meant by that because yeah he says like they have a connections deeper than whatever maybe i'm wrong but we'll see uh yeah i feel like there's definitely something we'll see we'll see so i mean like should we even discuss the future of the character in the mcu because it's it's kind of like we I, I don't know. I, I'm 50-50 that he could die in this series. But but to your point, he is in the Marvels. So... <sighs> like I said, he's one of those characters where you can just... If you wanted to, you can just plop him in. Yeah. You know? And it'll still have significant value. 100%. Yeah. So it's like... That's how he's lasted for 15 years yeah. without a solo anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure. Especially after the Marvels. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so almost was <laughs> this one was kind of fun because you know, like I mentioned earlier, it was kind of from the get go. Like Sam Jackson had it, yeah. But they did option this character before because you know, as as we mentioned, you know, David Hasselhoff also portrayed him before Sam Jackson did. So um, evidently, Nick Fury was supposed to appear in Fantastic Four. Ooh. Rise of the Silver Surfer with Jessica Alba and uh, and crew. Whoa. So um, unfortunately, due to due to rights issues at the time, <laughs> can't imagine what those are like. <laughs> he was uh, Nick Fury himself as a character was substituted by another character named General Hager. So that's the guy that's in the film portrayed by Andre Bra- uh, Brar. I can't say words, <laughs> um, but he's the main general that interacts with the with the family, and so that's supposed to be Nick Fury. But as, again, the rights were an issue, so they're like, "Let's write in somebody else." Um, and so, uh, Marvel Studios was fully prepared to bring Nick Fury in at that point uh, with George Clooney attached to the role. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, until. He decided to review the source material 
and he deemed Nick Fury a little too violent for his taste, <laughs> which is funny because then he did Batman Forever. So, meh. <laughs> sure. Sure. Go ahead with your bad self. So it never happened. Um, and, and so, yeah. So the very first and only option for MCU Nick Fury inevitably became the likeness that he was in the comics, which is Samuel L. Jackson. Um, so yeah, with that, suggested reading. Uh, 2001's Fury, a Marvel miniseries from creative team Garth Ennis, Derek Robertson, and Jimmy Palmiotti. Uh, that follows the aging uh, Fury aching, literally, to be relevant again. It's funny because the first issue, the cover is like an older Nick Fury, the Nick Fury Sr., so he's the white one, uh-huh. and he's using like a walker. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting. Um, and so he's described as a, as a Cold War dinosaur in that. And so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting read. <clears throat> um 2011's Battle Scars featuring creative team... Oh, God, this is a long one. Christopher Yost, Cullen Bunn, Matt Fraction, Scott George Eaton, Andrew Hennessy, Jason Praz, Guru EFX, Paul Mounts, John, Joe Sabino, and Alejandro Abona. Arbona. Nice. Um, <laughs> the, that, that series in particular, that's the one that introduces Nick Fury Jr., and that uh, entire backstory of Marcus Johnson. So that's definitely a good one to read, especially if you're confused still about Nick, Jer- like the white Nick Fury and black Nick Fury. <laughs> black- Battle Scars will definitely clear that up. Um, 2014's Original Sin event. And so that, again, that's the one we've talked about that includes the Watcher and all that weird, funky stuff. Um, the Original Sin uh, event is like spanning it spans over multiple titles Uh um but the original creative team included mark wade who is a big daredevil writer and jim chung uh who's most notably for young avengers artwork um that again yeah follows the watcher the stolen eyes the man on the wall that that entire space galactic thing that's that title um or event rather and then (laughs) last but not least 1968's nick fury agents of shield uh, title with the original creative team of jo- uh, Jim Steranko, Joe Sinat, and Sam Rosen. Um, and so, yeah, it's been heralded to contain some of the best uh, Nick Fury stories ever told. And so if you want some more time, like, cigar-chewing Nick Fury, that's that's the title to go to. And uh, with that, that's the end of the show. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening. Our next episode, we haven't decided. Oh, we who haven't are, yet, huh? No, we haven't. So oh, we have a few options that I will not mention at the moment, but we do have a couple. Uh, so it's the last character study we have before our next mini Marvel, mm-hmm. which is mini Marvel number 10. So uh, if you have anything that you'd like to hear or any characters you'd like us to cover, just let us know. Uh, we are Groot Salute. To Andrew, Eve, Ariel, Andrea, the Arachnerd, Sherry, Ed, Jaliz, Ashley, Melanie, Laura, Katie, Jenny, Claire, Nats, and Robin. Follow us on social at S-T-R-K-C-N-T-R-S-T. And if you like what you hear, please review, rate, and subscribe. Woo! 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 That's the end of the show. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll catch y'all in the next one. See ya! Bye! Bye-bye! <laughs> don't think we... Wiped your clearance from the system. I know you erased my password. Probably deleted my retinal scan. But if you want to stay ahead of me, Mr. Secretary. 
You need to keep both eyes open.